1: What's going on? It's 6.06 in Edmonton, and it's Brendan Escott with you tonight on Inside Sports. Reed Wilkins enjoying another week of vacation. Dave Campbell, well, he's airborne on his way to Ottawa. I bet you his arms are tired by now. Though he did do a great job over the last couple of nights, didn't he? Inside Sports brought to you, uh, well... The hotline, anyway, brought to you by CertainTeed, the uh, pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling system. CertainTeed Pro all the way. Again, we're going to have some fun today. We're going to talk Elks. We've got a couple different guests on in that regard. They are uh, off to take on a 1-7 and Red Blacks team. And what's going to be their best chance to stop their own personal slide that we've seen all season long? That being said, Ottawa certainly lost some games that I think uh, on paper you would even look and say, man, they were pretty darn close in that one. So it's not going to be easy heading out there and frankly the Edmonton Elks have nothing to hang their laurels on at this point. But we'll talk with safety Scott Hutter about the first half of this season and what they can do to turn things around moving forward uh, as well as wide receiver Chris Osikusi who's been getting some run with the starters after starting out the season with a number three group but uh, since the departure of Mike Jones he has taken over and Osikusi officially receiving his certificate his uh, well his jurist doctor degree as a lawyer so a one-on-one conversation with him. CEBL Commissioner Mike Morreale will join the show at 7.05. And why? Because not only have we had uh, another excellent season in the Canadian Elite Basketball League, but we have a new team in our neck of the woods as of this afternoon. It's announced that Guelph will be moving down the QE2 to Calgary. Interesting. You ready for another Battle of Alberta? Al Classico, as they call it in the Premier League? It's going to be fun. Excited to hear from the commissioner and what he thinks about that. Also, just how the league has has sort of grown and grown alongside, and maybe even helped grow basketball in Canada since its inception in 2018. And you know, I'm not naive to the fact that the World Juniors are going on right now as well. Canada in quarterfinal action against Switzerland. Well, they're up 5-2 right now, about five minutes or so into the second period. A high-scoring affair. Switzerland holding their own. There's been some closer games in, in the quarterfinal round than you may think. We'll talk to Chris Peters from Flow Hockey and get caught up on all things from that tournament. Maybe the biggest news of the day coming from outside the sports world, though. Kellen... Zellers. (laughs) Zellers is on its way back, baby. There we go. I cannot think of a more nostalgic... Store for myself personally. My old man worked at Zeller's. Oh, there you go. His mom worked at Zeller's. And not saying that this was the entire I, career, but I it am certainly a was a former Zeller's
0: employee myself. So there, there you go. go, right? Yeah. The electronics <laughs>
1: department. I mean, a great variety of DVDs. You know, just kind of a humorous piece of Canadiana. I'm sure many people listening have spent time in the restaurant at Zeller's. So I guess this modern incarnation is going to be a little bit different to more online focused but just to see the brand brought back in i am very excited about that if you've got that a personal connection with with zellers i know that blockbuster is the preferred brand on inside sports but uh you know zellers is certainly one that lands as well at least with me that was a, a welcome bit of news also the movie superbat released 15 years ago today 15 years to me It's it's already sort of a a, beyond a cult classic. It's just a comedy classic of its own. Young Jonah Hill, Michael Sarah, that is spectacular. Do not show it to the kids. Don't do that. But hilarious.
2: One of Seth Rogen's better acting performances, I thought,
1: too. Yeah, Absolutely. Bill Hader in that one as well. It was, when I went and watched it more as an adult, it's it's quite a star-studded uh, group of... Uh, it's a
2: timeless comedy. Let's let's just put it that way. Yeah. Like a little standard test of time, <laughs> I think, so.
1: Uh, yeah, that's one. I'm not usually one to watch movies several times over. That one I can watch several times over. I had a big crush on Emma Stone, too, at that time. Big time. Mm -hmm. So that worked for me. (laughs) All right, sports. That's what we're here to talk about. Canada versus Switzerland in quarterfinal action, but this is the third game of the day. Earlier on today, Finland just getting past Germany. The final score there, as I flip through all the notes I wrote down, did end up being 5-2, but the Germans had it at 3-2 for a period of time. Sweden and Latvia, if you want to talk about games that were closer than expected, just a 2-1 win for the Swedes and this is a game in in which uh, Sweden had a five minute man advantage and failed the score could have drove drove the nail in a little bit further they get it done that was Latvia's first trip actually to the quarterfinals ever at the world juniors they're only here because Russia isn't and obviously a historic moment for them and beating Czechia and and getting doing what they needed to do a step in the right direction. They'll be back at the tournament next year in Halifax for which the groups have been announced. They'll be in Group B. Canada set to compete in Group A. Uh, but again, right now Canada is actually on the ice taking on a Swiss team that went 1-3 and three in the preliminary round. Canada's yet to drop a game. They knocked off uh, Finland to win Group A 6-3 earlier in the week. So a 5-2 lead right now. More on that uh, from Chris peters the attendance for this the the attendance is um it's a little bit tough to look at for somebody who as a part of the oilers broadcast spends a a pretty decent amount of time at rogers place to see it this empty it's um It's frustrating because it was an opportunity, I think, to showcase. It always is. You want it when you've got the world coming to your town, so to speak. And to have an average attendance of 1,300 people through 20 preliminary round games, you usually can't get tickets to anything, let alone Canadian games. So uh, I think it's probably true more so than anything that the time of year is killer but I'd like to know from you and you can let us know on the certaintyed hotline 780-496-0063 why aren't you there why haven't you taken in any of the action uh, this time around is it a little bit of fatigue with the World Juniors I mean it's it's, it's still in Edmonton so in all likelihood if you were going to go you probably already did the last time around Or maybe you're just out at the cabin and have better things to do right now. Maybe you are bitter about what's going on in terms of the sexual assault investigation and and the black cloud that's looming over the organization right now. I know that's been bandied about as a reason why ticket sales had been down, but I really suspect it's just kind of the time of year. Let me know. 780-496-0063. Again, that's the hotline for certain teed. Um, The performance that Team Canada is putting on to this point, worthy of taking in demolishing a couple of teams in the first games, as they often do, but really showing out against Finland. And this isn't even necessarily with all of the A-group eligible talent. Caden Gooley not there. Jake Neighbors is not there. That's just to name a couple. Um, Shane Wright would be another one that was at the one in December that is not here. Is the fact that there's a lack of that top talent the reason that you haven't bought a ticket yet maybe the ticket's just more than you're willing to pay it that, that's the case i think every time this tournament rolls around you know but it could well be a reason Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. a couple texts coming in Reason for me not being at the World Juniors was the debacle of getting the money back after almost three years of them having it and the timelines of when I was going to be reimbursed. Kept waiting and waiting, lack of communication from Hockey Canada, and they don't help with the situation. Uh, It's not a priority right now like it would be at the Christmas holidays. Someone's telling me to wake up, it's the price of tickets. Peter from Wainwright says it's the time of year moving this tournament to the summer. It's a joke. It adds stress and uh, extra playing time to these youngsters who are trying to take the next steps in their careers. To me, this whole thing was done to make more money because the last two didn't make much. I guess the alternative to putting it on right now without the major sponsorships that they lost was to just punt it and say forget about it and not have one, a 2022 edition. But they went ahead with it anyway, and we are now well into the uh, advanced out of the preliminary round. So, you know, it's another text here says the tickets are still way too expensive. There you go. Other news to come out of today. uh, Brad Holland, uh, assistant general manager of the Edmonton Oilers. We know how slow of a time it is in the NHL's news world right now. Uh the World Juniors basically the only thing going on hockey-wise. Allows a, a scouting opportunity for some, but uh, really it's it's kind of been interesting just watching the trends of how teams are making their transactions, how they're spending their cap dollars. And Brad Holland was explaining um, his assessment of how this free agent class right across the NHL, not just the guys that the Oilers have signed, um, how the behavior has gone based on the economics of the league.
0: I am surprised. But when, we, when you look at what has happened, the, 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 the salaries for players and the upper limit of the salary cap have kind of merged in lockstep for a while. And then all of a sudden you have a pandemic and, and league-wide revenues grind to a halt. But the new crop of players, the, the ones that have, been in free, that have not hit free agency, don't, don't expect to take a pay cut. This is now their chance to cash in on the career that they've had, the work they've put into it. So the, the AAE, the, the upper limit, has now halted or is crawling, and players' salaries are trying now to butt up against that ceiling. So it's kind of created this, this ripple effect where the best players in the class, they got their money, um, when you look around the, the Johnny Goodrill contracts, and then the other guys had to sit and wait. And they had to wait for people to, to, to figure out where their, their cap was going to be, where their, their dollars out, their budget was going to be. And then there was also a contributing factor, Teams that aren't interested in racing to the top, that are in a developmental arc that's not about spending money, um, you know, teams that are looking to build to the draft like Ken did, like Lou did, um, they now they're not, they're sitting a little bit on cap money that could be allocated that is not. So the money that could be going to players has, has halted, and the top teams have already spent their dollars. So it's this weird crunch now. That will take some time as hockey-related revenues begin to catch up and the salary cap begins to move. I mean, Gary Bettman said in his in his league-wide address before the final that um, hockey-related revenue was, I think, an all-time high. So we're coming back. It's just that in the next year, and then the salary cap's going to go up by $1 million next year, too. So we might have this issue again. And I, I think you saw with a lot of these... these um, Teams in a, in a different developmental part, they weaponized their salary cap space. Salary cap space is now a weapon, so or an asset, I should say. You can use it to alleviate other teams' problems, and you can, you can grad, get draft capital from that. So I'm not surprised. Um, at the same time, I am, because there are a lot of good, quality veterans still sitting there looking for contracts that may end up coming in on, on cheap deals, and, and we'll, we will be looking at all of them.
1: So there you go. The Oilers are a little reluctant to spend money right now, maybe more plausible as the season draws nearer, a few weeks away from it. We'll keep the conversation going as to why you don't feel as uh, eager to spend your money with Hockey Canada, this time around 780-496-0063 is where that conversation is taking place. It's Brendan Escott in on Inside Sports with you. 623 in Edmonton, it's Brendan Escott with you tonight on Inside Sports. Canada leading Switzerland in the quarterfinals at uh, Rogers Place. It's 5-3, though, the Swiss hanging in there after just one win in the preliminary round. Uh, Now they're up, well, they're uh, within uh, two goals against uh, the the favourite at this point, I would think to win the tournament. We'll see if Chris Peters agrees with that notion at about 7.30 tonight. A writer, A long-time writer has worked with ESPN and uh, Daily Faceoff, etc., now with Flow Hockey. But uh, the way that Canada's performed, the dominance with which they've won all their games, it's it's pretty impressive. And I don't think Sweden looked as convincing as they may have wished that they had in that win over Latvia earlier today. Tyson Forrester, uh, Jack Thompson, Logan Stankoven, Nathan Goucher, and uh, Will Cooley making up the five goals of uh, Canada right now. So uh, about half of a hockey game left to go. Not uh, not seeing Sebastian Cosa and net, by the way, just Dylan Garand and why not? He's been stellar throughout the course of this tournament uh 3 and 0 right now with a uh, 1.96 goals against average entering play. I, I got to be fully transparent here. I wish I was watching this game live, but as I glance up on my television, I see it's being broadcast on TSN5. We don't get that channel here. We do not. No, it's uh, it's a shame. So we're uh, we're relaying the information blind. Let me know what you think of Team Canada's <laughs> performance if you've got eyes on the game seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Also, out of the hockey world, and this was uh, maybe a bit more Alberta centric, uh, but a Western Hockey League broadcasting legend hanging up his headset. Bob Ridley, the longtime voice of the Medicine Hat Tigers, retiring after more than five decades, leaving behind a lasting imprint on the team and the league. Eric Bay has more. Where's Kevin has His
2: voice is the soundtrack to thousands of Medicine Hat Tigers hockey memories. After 52 years with the team that included five Western Hockey League championships and two Memorial Cup titles, Bob Ridley, better known as Rids, is heading into retirement.
1: It's the people that you meet and that you get to associate with and become very good friends that has definitely Been the highlight of my career. Whether in his role as a
2: play-by-play announcer or his more than four decades doubling as the Tigers' bus driver, Ridley's impact on those around him is undeniable. Bob is a Hall of Fame broadcaster in my mind, and the most important thing i found is that he's a Hall of Fame person too. He's one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. In the olden days, players would come up and sit by the driver's seat well you know in the middle of the night they couldn't sleep they come up and talk to him. A true Ironman Ridley only missed one Tigers contest in his first 51 years with the club but he wasn't sick he had committed to working the national women's curling championship in 1972 he missed all but one game last season as he underwent treatment for cancer. I just couldn't see
1: myself missing any games because uh, this was my job, and this is what I wanted to do.
0: No one could have done it better. No one could have done it longer. To all the fans in Medicine Hat, you have been spoiled for 52 years having the opportunity to listen to the legend, Bob Ridley.
2: After 4,022 games, one call stands above the rest.
1: Here's Brenna Marsh. He's hit the line with Russell. Brenna Bosch has scored! Game seven, of course, double overtime. It was uh, fog in the rink and everything else. And uh, Random Barr scored the game winning goal in overtime to win the series and the Tigers to the Memorial Cup.
2: As Ridd steps away from the broadcast booth, he's looking forward to spending more time with his family and lots of long rides on his beloved motorcycle. Eric Bay, Global News.
1: Ridley, a longtime bus driver. As well as the team dentist. That's pretty darn cool. I've seen a lot of job postings. Never that required both of those capabilities. (laughs) We'll talk ALKS coming up after a global news weather traffic update with Thomas Dias.